You. Rod Parker face. You here? Quavo face. Are you with me? <laughs> Quavo kind of cute. Thank you. I'll take that. Mm. I'll take a, a young man looking face. You do know this is being recorded that you said you wanted a man face. I mean, I mean, if you don't call me Quavo, I think I'll take that. <sighs> he got a big forehead. I have a big forehead, too. I'll take that, Quavo. I want you to get in your feelings right now. I just want you to get all in your feelings. Kind of tired of this song. I'm going to be honest. I thought you was about to play Petunia. You can turn this boot up. Turn that off. Don't be rude. You always don't come speak, on with the wrong. Like, the you always started with the, the wrong vibes, though. Like, you be coming with the wrong songs, B. Don't be rude. Don't be rude and disrespectful. Are you done? Don't be rude and disrespectful. I'm talking over the music like food. Are you done? <laughs> what hair is happening? on? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing much. I'm eating a Caesar salad right now. Oh, seems like this is your lunchtime, not record time. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, you always catch me when it's lunchtime. Yeah, must be nice. I feel like we get we could run through some uh through some things today. Um I think we'll close out with sports, but we can run through some things. Get at me. BT Awards. Trash. Are we are we here <laughs> for the BT Awards going forward? I don't think so. Hold on. Before the awards, can we talk about the slap heard around the world? Shout out to Nip. Can I just tell you, you got to be some type of real OG. A real OG. To slap so, a slap of work at an award show and still be able to perform. <laughs> salute, salute to you, Nip. Everything uh, Nip has said is very much valid. I'm believing every word that he's ever rapped. It ain't just rap lyrics. Nip is really about that life in my eyes. That clip of him slapping the paste out of that security <laughs> guard's mouth. Best part of that video is that he had on flip-flops. Yo, you slap a nigga in flip-flops. I don't know what to tell you. Like That other dude got to go. He got to go somewhere. You can't even you can't even move. You gotta change your last name. You, gotta, hustle. Like, there's you no... can't go back to your hood. Can't. They can slap me in flip flops. I'm running them over. And that's just that. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God. You slap me in flip flops, I'm running you over. And that's just that. Yeah, I feel you on that. The B E T awards. Um does MC Light have like a lifelong contract? Did she do this forever? Is this the only thing? I like MC Light. You know, a lot of people tell me that I look like MC Light. I don't really see it. Who? But I get Who? that from a lot of strangers. I've gotten that. I've gotten that from a lot of strangers. 
I wish this was a video thing so I could put your picture and MC Light's picture side by side and have people vote on if you actually look like MC Light. I don't think I do. I really don't. But I've heard that from several, like, like just random people in the street. Like, oh, you look just like MC Light. I'm like, really? Okay. What other celeb, celeb lookalikes have you gotten? That was really the only one. It was like MC Light. I've heard Usher in my day. You like Bomani Jones. I don't look like Bomani Jones. You look disrespectful. just like don't Bomani be, Jones. Don't be disrespectful. <laughs> no yeah. one has ever told you you look like look Usher like Raymond, by the way. Bomani Jones. So I promise you, when I, was in, when I was in college, that's what I used to get. Really? I used to get Usher, and I'm, I, I didn't see it. I still don't, but that's what I got. Bomani Jones is for... Uh, the people that want to be funny, like yourself. <laughs> no, you look just like this dude. I'm watching him right I, now on High Noon. He's like, I, look at Corey. My I man made the ESPN. Terry from Power. I've gotten that too. The lawyer that uh, Tasha. Oh, yeah. No. You do. No, I, <laughs> I'm not going to be every bold, light skinned guy with a beard. That's, <laughs> that's not what we're going to do. That's not what we're going to do. I feel like Deborah Lee gets that award every year, that lifetime achievement. I think I feel like she gets that every year. What is her position at BET? Like, I I want to say she's the CEO now, because um, I do remember her taking over for Bob Johnson right. a while back. Yeah. So I I want to say she's CEO, but they're giving her credit for a lot of stuff she don't deserve credit for, and it's not a jab at Deborah Lee, but. I get it. She's the, under her. There's been more content released that's a uh, Afrocentric and black based. But True. she's. Get, I saw on that uh, Lifetime thing. She was getting a lot of, a lot of credit for some stuff that she was just in the building for, not necessarily in the driver's seat for. Black woman, direct all your comments, criticism. To Corey Reed, aka Hollywood, aka Bomani Jones. I I own that. I own that. That's fine. I'm not saying she's not good at what she does. I'm just saying she's getting a lot of credit. Anyway, what did you feel about the performances? All right. First of all, I was watching Claws. So I think I only caught like an hour of the BET Awards, which I don't mind missing at all. And it wasn't something that I was wanting to like revisit. Um, so the ones that I did catch, Nicki Minaj, which was like uh, typical Nicki. It was not, nothing like fantastic about that. Um, who are the performers that I catch? I cannot remember. I know Jamie Foxx was kind of wearing me out. Um, was Jamie his, drunk? Yeah, I feel like he was on something. Like he was doing way. Like I feel like he was trying to do like an Ellen thing, which he did with the Oscars, which came across very organic and very funny when like when she was doing it. But what Jamie was doing was kind of like annoying a little bit, and like he was reaching to me at points. It was like, all right, just like relax and and host, and you know, read the teleprompter and say a little joke here and there, and let's go. I feel like the most uncomfortable thing was him calling people up on the spot and being like, do the thing. Yeah. Do, do, do yeah. the thing. I was like, what are you doing? 
it, it was kind of weird. Yeah. But then when you, what? like, like when when celebrities do interviews and they're asked about, like, Jamie Foxx, they give, like, a lot of weird stories. Like, the one with him playing basketball naked in his backyard. So, I don't know, like, if that's just, like, Jamie's energy, but it was just, like, yeah. I don't know. It was, a, it, I didn't like it. I didn't like okay. it. Okay. We're going to start this from the beginning because you didn't just mention Jamie Foxx playing basketball. So yeah, I'm trying to think of who it was. They'd be on The Breakfast Club. You know, The Breakfast Club be getting stories out of everybody. They'd be coming, like, left field. Like, people be up there to promote, like, movies and stuff, and they'd just be talking about, like, some other stuff. I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. I promise you. And there'd be stories about, like, Jamie Foxx playing, like, ball naked. It's, like, weird. I'm just going to go back to the beginning every time you say something. <laughs> <laughs> I got it queued up, so I'm just going to keep going back to it every time you say something that's from left field. All right. What do we want from hosts? Oscars, Grammys, these bootleg awards. What do we, what do we actually want? Do we, do we want them to be funny and reach? Do we want them to joke on the audience? I mean... Yeah, like if it's a funny story, like if it's a funny storyline that needs to be addressed, um, like the whole Drake Pusha T, like they could have, you know what I mean? Like that was a, there's some funny punchlines that could have been inserted in that, and you know, like things happen. Like so, talk about what's happening in the world. Give us some some jokes if you're a comedian. Like that's the least you could do is give us a couple jokes and be funny. I feel like when. You get comedians to host these type of things. You got to sit with, well, they got to sit with writers and write like an opening monologue or whatever have you. And sometimes they touch up on the stuff and then other times it's it's like, okay, well, we're only going to mention it and keep going. Um, Ellen was great at hosting. Yeah. I don't think they'll get Ellen for the BET Awards though. But I don't think so either. I just want to say that these award shows, I feel like some of them are just there just to celebrate black people, but no one shows up from them anymore. I remember back in the day, you used to have... Yeah, it used to be lit. BT was used to be the thing. Yeah. It was something you had to go to. Now, yeah. these niggas just mail you your award. Yeah, it's like, what? A BT what? <laughs> All right. Put that over there in the corner. Nikki's performance, I feel like uh, she's in panic mode. Album's about to come out, and she's going to what she thinks what she think works, and that's the sex sells. But I've always said this about Nicki Minaj. I've never been a fan of her music. Um, she's, she's great to look at, but musically, it's like, if you got to keep doing all these tricks to sell albums, maybe you should be doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. I want Nikki to get back to like for the butt shots, Nikki. I don't think she. I, what I think she's trying to do now is get back to like those stupid little cat calls she be doing, all that stupid stuff and the stupid voices. I think she's trying to get back to that, thinking that that's what propelled her in the beginning. But the music just ain't connecting. Yeah, it's different now. Laura. I've been Croft. It was actually a bar. I've been on. You've been con. 
let let that sink in. <laughs> let that sink in. But outside of Nikki, Meek's performance was actually really, really dope. Um, second performance after coming home, uh, he did the whole shout out to Triple X and the other gentlemen that passed. Uh, but his performance was really dope. The Stay Woke song um, was really dope. So a lot of people saying that they like socially conscious Meek and not the uh, I got 10 rogues Meek. Yelling all the time. I don't like me. Um, okay. I I don't mind me. I don't mind me. To be honest, there's a couple of songs that I I genuinely think are great for his type of music. But as as far as an artist, he's all right. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He just never like hit it with me. Um. Maybe you're not a dream chaser, man. Maybe we gotta get Maybe. you some, some DC chains and we good over here. We good over here. We're getting out our gospel. dreams. We're not chasing them. We're getting oh. them out. Oh, don't you worry. We're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out our dreams for real. Oh uh, yeah, okay. We're gonna get out our yeah. dreams for real. Okay. Uh is Snoop like what's going on with Snoop? You always reminded me like the physical of Snoop, like yeah, I have like that, that same linear. This is the second time you disrespected me <laughs> in a span of fifteen minutes. That's the second time you disrespect me. Yeah, I could relate you to like a lot of celebrities in in different ways, which is really um, amazing. You know, true so, life like, has the embodiment of Snoop, not me, not true life, <laughs> the actual true life. Talking about my my homie Tom Miller. <laughs> nah, you're more like no, no. Yeah, I think so. No. Um, no. I think I like I like Snoop. I love I love Snoop. I like Snoop, but I just I want him. Know what, I don't know what the gospel stuff is. Um. So here's my thing with Snoop. I think that he's he's done a great job of making himself stay relevant in this day and age and reinventing himself when needed. The gospel thing was cool because it was different, but I was watching the awards and I'm like, Snoop, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You, you can't go from uh, Next episode into your gospel set. That just that doesn't just, make sense. That bugged me out. And he, I don't think he needed to roll. It just. <laughs> <laughs> and Yolanda Adams, she does everybody's tribute. Her and MC Light must have like a, a, a lifetime agreement deal. Yolanda Adams is very good. That was another one of the performances I saw that tribute to Anita Baker, which was like, what? But then Yolanda came out and she, you know, blew everybody away. No, let us see, kind of held it down. I think I felt like. Yeah, I mean, I, it started off weird with like Jamie being Jamie. It was like, why are you gonna like? I need a bigger ship. You're gonna start out with like Jamie Foxx playing around on the piano. Yeah, so it started off a little bit weird, and then um, Marsha came out and let us see. They did good, and then Yolanda like capped it off and was like, all right, this is. 
disorders. I feel like she does everybody's tribute. Yeah, she's probably one of those voices that could probably, you know, just like belt out anything and be good, you know? Like she has like that, she has that voice that'll like work for anybody. I'm trying to think of whose tribute do I want to see um, that they haven't done already. Um, the Prince one was trash. Yeah. The MJ one was trash yeah. until they let Chris Brown do it years yeah. later. Yeah. They really messed that MJ one up. And then they had to, like, yeah, again, Chris Brown had to save it. It was too late. You know, like, eh. BT got to do better. So are we putting BT in rice? Uh, is it over? Yep. BT. I don't even watch BT. It's like nothing on. So sad. Is that I remember bad? they used to play. No, it ain't bad. I was about to say, I remember when they used to play the Wayne's Brothers and Martin like every two hours. Yeah. And now, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you what program was on BT. No BT idea. was dope when the basement was there, when 106, 106 in Park with Free and AJ, that one, not the other, not the other people. Yeah, when they try to do like the different spinoffs. And, yeah. So it's out of here for BT. We, we're not here for these. And I'm, for I didn't even know the BT Awards was happening until somebody like mentioned it Sunday, like a couple of hours before. Is that go to BT? I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I watch. My thing with any award show, anything. Um, I love when we fake virtually watch it in the same living room via Twitter. Yeah, Facebook. that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. That's the only way I knew that the awards was on myself. See, was, like, it was like nobody be nobody's checking for nothing BT has. Like, at least I'm not. I'm not gonna speak for you. I, I'm, I'm BT don't got nothing for me. <laughs> yeah, me either. You off that train? They don't got nothing for me. All right, BT. Sorry, but putting you in rice. Your time's up. Um, getting out our dreams. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So Tiana's album came out. Antonia! And apparently she didn't know what was coming out. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. You didn't hear that. So she did an interview on a big boy, uh, big boy's radio show and pretty much was saying the album that you hear isn't the album that's supposed to come out. There was they apparently were waiting in for some uh stuff to clear, some samples to clear. And she was under the impression that um they were still waiting. So she said the only way she knew her album was out was her friends hit her up and was like, Yo, you know your album's out? And she was like, Wait, what? Your man Ye dropped the ball, man. I feel like he always drops the ball with Tiana. He dropped the ball. So she's apparently re-releasing the album. Um, might be tomorrow. She she's re-releasing the album with the songs that you're supposed to hear, because it does sound like it's a little unfinished. I like it. Of course, I like it. I I just want uh people to admit, especially the ones like yourself, the Kanye <laughs> diehards. That your man just like the rollout thing was more so for him than anybody else. Cause I legit I, mean, I don't know because because 
Push said that he was just like finding everybody's album, like when they went out to like Utah or Wyoming, wherever it was. I think he said Utah first. Like he started finding people's albums. So it wasn't like, okay, Push, we're going to do your album and then we're going to do this and then let me work on somebody else's album. Like in the process, he was just like, okay, I could give that to Tiana. Okay, me and Cuddy could have this. Okay, like Push, you could get this. That's my understanding of how the albums came about. Um, and I guess it just made sense for him since he had them all to just like release them back to back. I don't know. I feel like Kanye, during this little, uh, this rollout that he's been doing, all the feature verses that he put on these people's albums, I'm not interested in. And not because it's not, not because I've been on my, I'm it not, is. It is. No, no, it really isn't. It I is. listen to each. I, I, I promise you, I listened to each seven track album at least twice before I came up with this conclusion. Before I, we did this call du- during the week, the production on, on Pushes Joint is probably the best. Um, but the future verses, if you listen to all of those records that Kanye put out, listen to the future verses that Kanye has on all of those records. All of them are like, eh. The one on Nas' album is good. They're forgettable, to say the least. I mean, ain't really a rapper. They're forgettable. But when I was listening to um, Tiana's album, my pro- my thoughts went to, what happened to the Kanye that um, produced the uh, You Don't Know My Name? The Kanye that produced um, that drink with Brandy. Um the joint with Kerry Hilson, like, them R&B tracks were actually dope. Please do not sit here and tell me at least five tracks on that album are not dope. Which track? Which which album? Petunia. Keep that same um, energy. It's, it's, it's not... Maybe they're not for me. Wow. And, yeah, they're just... Wow. Maybe they're not for me. I just think your hate for Ye right now is just like, you know, clouding your judgment. I'm a, I can be very objective, especially when it comes to stuff that either I like or don't like. And that's why I had to listen to the albums two times. I'm not saying Tiana's album is bad. Don't don't misconstrue what I'm saying. I like the album minus the last song. Cause I'm that's the never best song. I'm probably <laughs> never gonna play that track. <laughs> it's seven tracks on these people's albums. I like Tiana's. I don't understand how we got to the last song from the gospel reference in the song before it. Can't blame that on Tiana, I guess. Sequencing in albums just is a thing for me. All right, so we'll wait. We'll wait to see what happens tomorrow. If this story, the story that you're saying that she said is actually what it is. We'll see. Yeah, I got to feel like he dropped the ball a lot of times. She got to feel like that. I mean, she can be grateful that she was in the rollout. Can I, like, he could have threw design in there. Design is much hotter right now than she is. I feel like Tiana is in a place where 
this could have hurt her more than anybody else. Nas is already Nas. Pusha is already, he's already got his. Kanye is Kanye. Uh, she's the only one that actually was in a position where she actually could have lost because of this rollout. And that being the case, I think he should have spent a little bit more time making sure everything was right as opposed to just trying to stick to what he had said deadline-wise, which is which is admirable that he was trying to keep his word. But I think uh, he should have took the, uh, the Diddy approach, and that's being very, very meticulous about an album or a song before it comes out. So that way when people hear it, they get the best version of that album. I agree. I can argue that. Yeah, man. But from one beef to the next, uh, did you hear about this Lee Daniels, Dame Dash thing? Yeah. Hold on. Before we do that, I just want to remind people, like, who Dame and Dash is. Let me just... gentlemen, that was Dame Dash talking to Kevin Lyles, then at the time, Vice President of Def Jam Records. And, uh, yeah, I'm just going to say Dame's not the person to, <laughs> to try to get over on. <laughs> He's probably not the person you want to get over on uh, when it comes to him doing right or doing right by him. One thing I'll say about Dame, he's got a bad rep, but if he goes hard for somebody, it's because he genuinely cares and uh, doesn't want them to get caught up in BS. I think uh, one of the sad things with the fallout with him and Jay was that he was actually in the building fighting for Jay uh, to be the headline star that he was mm-hmm. and pretty much saying, you know, Rockefeller's our own thing. Y'all don't, we're partners with y'all. Y'all, y'all, don't, y'all not over us like everybody else. We're equal partners. I think he says that in this uh this video. But uh Lee Daniels, man. Yeah, Lee Daniels got like he has two million dollars. Just give the man his money. Like if you owe him that money, like you gotta pay him. Lee ain't out here strapped for cash. Like there's no there's no need for him to be ducking and dodging this debt. Like just just you don't want that. Just pay him his money and you know let him go his way, and you keep doing your thing. Like, I don't understand. Here's my... All right, let me ask you a question. What's your stance on lending money to people? I don't... I don't... I don't really like it. 
because if you don't have it to me, in most cases, if you don't have it at that moment, then you're probably not like for, for like for regular people, not for people that like you know make movies and stuff like that. Like if you don't have two hundred dollars today and I loan that to you, like how are you gonna pay me back two hundred dollars next week? Because you're already in debt to something, and then I'm giving you the money, and then that puts you in an, in another debt. You know what I mean? So I don't like I don't understand the concept of like taking money from somebody and then trying to pay them back because then you're just always like you're just like always behind. Um, I, I, I I've never heard it that way. In terms of from the lender's perspective, of if I'm giving it to you now, you're already in a debt, and I'm putting you in another. Yeah, I've never heard it that way. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and then as like friends, like I don't, I don't recommend it as friends either because that could ruin like friendships, that could ruin family relationships. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's a, it's a. That's a tricky thing, like borrowing money from someone. Here's what uh, I've always been uh, taught about lending money. And my father used to always tell me, if, if you don't have it yourself to give it away, and like regardless of if you get it back or not, if you, don't, if you can give it away and not feel the effects of it, right. Then go ahead. Right. But if you don't have it yourself and you stra- you strapping to get it and yeah. you know you're gonna be hounding people down for right. money, then it's probably best that you shouldn't uh Right. My thing is if I let's say I lend you money, right? This is my pet peeve. If I lend you two hundred dollars, because that's the figure you said in your example, if I lend you two hundred dollars, common sense says I give you two hundred dollars. Your initial thing would be like, oh, thank you. Like in this day and age, it could be via PayPal, mm-hmm. it could be via Cash App. So if you be like, yo, I need $200, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to send it to you. I shouldn't have to hit you to see if you got the money. Like I shouldn't have to text you and be like, yo, Mel, you got it? Yeah. Immediately when it hits your account, it should be like, yo, thank, thank you. Thank you, right. Like I feel like if I have to ask you if you got it and you're like, yeah, good looking, to me, that's kind of that's kind of like okay. Well, now I feel the type of way about giving you the money. Right, be appreciative. Right, forgetting it. Yeah. But Dan gave this man two million dollars, and I just don't understand the principle. Like you said, he's not strapped. Lee Daniels is not strapped to cash. He's got bread. That's two million dollars that he just could be like. You know what? Dame gave me this money. Let me just get this money back. Like, I don't understand how people feel like, okay, well, I'll pay it back on my time. Right. Granted, if, if Lee was still trying to get to a place where he had it and it didn't hurt to give it away, I'd be like, damn, you tripping. But right. Lee, you're kind of in a position where you, you got $2 million. Kind of have, yeah. You, you got it. Yeah. And it's not going to hurt you to give $2 million away. Yeah. So, you think Dame is strapped for cash? I don't think Dame is strapped for cash. I think it's a principle for him. Um, ever since we've known Dame, he's always had his hands in something. If it was clothes, if it was liquor, if it was movies, if it was... Um, he's always had music. He always had his hand in something. So, I would be stupid to think that because he's not attached to Jay-Z anymore by name, 
that he's not out doing his own thing and getting whatever money he's getting that way. I don't know the extent of his bank account, but I, I would be a fool to think that Dame Dash is uh, strapped for cash. I think for him, it was more print. So he's on this show, Growing Up Hip Hop. That's on WeTV. Are you familiar? Um, pay me back. And I think Dame uh, waiting this long kind of was like, okay, well, I was I was waiting for you to get on your feet, and you're on your feet, and you're still trying to play me. You're ducking my calls. You didn't, and now I gotta not have to do these extreme means, put you on blast on social media to get my money back. Why should I have to do that? And I agree with Dane. Mm-hmm. If I got your phone number and I'm hitting you up, yo, what's up? Like, I th- I think that's the for me it falls into the same. If I lend you the money and I gotta hit you up, yes, yeah, so I was just you. about to. So I was about to ask you, like going back to what your dad taught you about it. Like, do you think Dane probably should not like just lent it? lent it to him since he's harassing him for it? Like, maybe he's in a position now where he's like, yo, I need that two million? No. No. I feel like I you I, I gave you the money. I haven't harassed you for it. And obviously, I was like, because this whole thing was trying to big up black business. That Dame's always been about bigging up black business and making sure we as a people um, got the tools we need to make it to the next level. Um... So for him to give Lee that money uh, was so that he can get on his foot in the director's game. Um, And going back to what my father said, I think if Dame knew that Lee would have never amounted to anything, he would have been okay lending him $2 million because it was like, okay, well, you tried it, right? You tried it, you weren't successful, things happened. But to see... Lee Daniels blow up into who he is today. Yeah, that would kind of sting too. If I if I lent you the money and know that you for sure have it right now, because you can, I don't know if it's accurate, but you can pretty much Wikipedia or Google anybody's net worth. Yeah, right now. All right, so I'm gonna Google Dang Dash net worth. Good, because he's on this grown up hip hop. Reality show on WeTV, and right now they're exploiting his son's addiction problem. So, like, if what <laughs> the first thing that came up was negative two million from. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the Dane Dash that you played in that clip from backstage, I wouldn't have never thought that that would be the Dane Dash that I watch every Thursday. Well, I don't watch it every Thursday. I watch it Friday. I record it on Growing Up Hip Hop, like trying to get his son to not kill himself because he's like on lean and Xanax and he's an alcoholic and he has DUIs and so it's weird for me. So that puts me in a position. It was like, and when I see him, like at an event, with his finger in Lee Daniels' face, like you owe me, give <laughs> me my money, like you owe me two million dollars. You ain't even invite me to the premiere of Precious. Like, give me my money. So I'm like, what is Dame? Like, what kind of financial position is he in? He should have slapped Lee Daniels right wherever they were. 
you should have slapped him right then and there. Because Dame has himself really well from the video clip I played to how he ended with, like, that was real, real grown up to be like, yo, you owe me my money. Where's my bread? Because that could have went completely left for Lee Daniels. And Lee Daniels in the video is like, Dame, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you. Yeah, he's like Damon. 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 We're, 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 gonna, we're gonna speak about it. No, nigga, I'm here right now. What's up? Give me my money. But I do remember when he was on um the Breakfast Club, like he would say he would like take all of his money, like everything that he had, and he would like put it into something else. So like if he only had like two million dollars in his bank account and he wanted to do like um one of those indie films that he does, he would just like take that whole two million and put it into the film, and then whatever came back from that, he'll take that return and then put it to something else. I'm guessing like because now he has like a weed house, um, I think in California or something or somewhere over here. So I don't like I don't know if he's just like sitting on cash or if he's just like has a bunch of cash spread out somewhere in different in different businesses and he just waits for the return you know before he does something else Dame is like the 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 poor man's uh shark tank yeah he's he's the poor man's shark tank yeah. um he may not have the most capital in the world but he does try to reinvest it in other businesses just so he can get uh something back whether it's profit or, but that, that should be the name of the game for anybody that has the resources to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, one of my life goals is to be on Shark Tank and because I, I, I enjoy the idea of you have a business idea, I have the capital, I can help you with your business idea. What are you going to pitch everybody, them? Huh? What are you going to pitch them? I got a bunch of stuff out pitch Shark Tank, but I'm talking about me being in the, the seats, giving out the checks. Yeah, that guy that was one of the early, um, the early seaters for Uber. Ooh. God, what's his name? It's kind of cute too. He's young looking, but yeah, he's he's sitting on some, he's sitting on some stuff. It's very interesting to see like their backstories and everything. Um, Robert was like, uh, his parents were like immigrants working in a factory and then he just came up in like the, um, the internet space and the tech space and they have really good stories. Everybody on there. I think I've read Lorianne's book. I think uh, I'm familiar with everybody's story up there except for Barbara. Barbara, she's the most annoying one, but I think she was like a, a waitress or something. She was like a waitress and then she got like a real estate license and that was it. And her real estate business took off. What, I, what I've learned when I do make my Shark Tank appearance is that uh, they like numbers. Numbers speak to them. But you also have to be uh, quick on your feet. You can't be like, oh, well, can I uh, uh, yeah. uh, have a counter offer in your head yeah. before you even go in? Yeah. And you know they're going to try to get you for the percentage. If they like your idea, they're going to try to get you for the percentage. Counter with a lower percentage for the same amount of money. Hey, 250 if you ask for 10%, they'd be like, no, I want 30 How about we do 275 Right. Maybe halfway. You know? But 
getting to Shark Tank from Dame is a crazy leap. <laughs> crazy leap. <laughs> but I'm here for it. Um, going to take a little side note. We're going to pick it back up because this is going to be sort of kind of a down topic. But uh, rest in peace to Junior. Rest in peace. Uh, that whole story just bugs me out. And I got a, I got a ton of questions that no one really has answers for. And it's just unfortunate that that's the way uh, we view some neighborhoods as, oh, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, let me just say, one, it's wrong. Killing's wrong regardless. But to not know the identity of the person that you're actually trying to murder is crazy. Completely sucks. I think that's the most tragic part of it all. It's like, oh, that wasn't even him? Like, <laughs> like a kid is dead. Like, a mother has to bury her son. A sister has lost her brother. Like, and that wasn't even a dude y'all was looking for. Like, not that it helps because they would have killed somebody else's kid. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's better. Yeah, that, um, I, like the whole story and stuff comes out. Um, I don't. I don't want to bash anybody because everybody's young in this scenario. But the the girl that was pr- pretty much the focal point of all of this. I I just pray that that young lady doesn't have this rain on, weighing on her conscience because essentially it's because of her mm-hmm. that somebody's life mm-hmm. lost. Yep. And that just it. It scares me on a whole nother scale because uh, if we take this example aside, there are too many times where people, and I'm not going to say anything negative about the young female, but there are too many times where females get put in situations where they may cheat on a boyfriend and say, oh, well, this guy raped me. Mm -hmm. Just so that they don't get in any trouble with their boyfriend. And it's kind of, it's sad but it goes to show that, like, as a society as a whole, like, we just got to do better. Like, yeah, you were on video, they shared the video, but you knew you were on video. Exactly. Not to say that that's all right, exactly. but you knew you were on video. Um, I get it as a brother, as a, a, a father to a, a girl. Like, I get that as wh- whoever her relatives were. Might not have been happy with it, but that's something where you got to pull her aside and be like, "Right, what's really, what's, what's good? Right. What's up? But the whole, that thing and then the 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 actual grocery store with this. Yeah, man. There's a lot of videos going around, but I'm glad they actually shut that grocery store down. Yeah, shout out to the people out there that shut that down. Shut that down. Yeah. I'm, that was a that took a lot. Uh, that's a lot, and it says a lot for what the community, what we can do mm-hmm. um, when we actually want to get something accomplished within our community. Very true. Right? People keep saying, "Oh well." People keep going to the highest point and saying, "Oh well, Trump, Trump, Trump." No, this is what happens when you work local. Yep. That wasn't something that went yep. to the White House. That was a local thing. Local petition that the, petition that they got together yep. to close that place. Um. But yeah, the, that whole thing in itself is just just sad. And um, 
Yeah, I think it goes back to the conversation we had last time about parenting and, you know, the woes of social media and the climate in which we live in today with, like, social media and how it could play on your self-esteem and your self-conscious. And as a parent, like, you have to have those those conversations. And, um, you like, you have to understand, like, the scope of everything. Yes, yeah, social media wasn't around when you were a teenager, but put yourself in a position to understand it so that you can equip your children for when things like this happen. There's cyberbullying, there's sexting, there's nudity on social media, like all these things, like you have to, you know, you have to have those conversations with your kids. So when things like this come up, that girl shouldn't have been on that video doing that. Fam. As like, like, you know what I mean? Like, as a parent, you have to have those conversations, especially with your daughter, because, and it's the double standard of society. Like, what a guy would get bigged up for, um, a girl would get shamed for. And it's not right and it's not fair, but that's the society that we live in. And as a mother, as a parent, you have to have those conversations with your teenage daughter so you're not in a position to where you're all across all across social media, like in a negative light, and then the situation unfolds and now a kid is dead. Yeah. Yeah. So we gotta do better as parents. We gotta, you know, we gotta be on our children with this social media stuff and, and it's not like policing them, but we gotta guide them better than 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 what we're doing. Yeah, I think uh the whole parenting conversation um not that it has to be adjusted but it there definitely needs to be some uh tinkering yeah so like you said deal with uh social media that's crazy that you know when we were growing up what they call bullying was what we did all the time right. to each other exactly like, exactly nobody got hurt nobody like i get around your brothers right now one in particular, dog on Ronald Hill, <laughs> right now, and it's jokes nonstop. But you know what? I can understand. Well, I I can't. I can't. I was about to say I can understand people's get going into the bullying thing, but it's jokes, and I I know they're jokes. But Ronald's the type of person where if he knows you, it's all all bets are off. He's gonna joke on you regardless. If you meet him one time. And you warm up to him that one time you meet him, it's a wrap. Yeah. I told Tiffany that the first time she met Ron, I was like, I'm just gonna warn you now, <laughs> Ronald Neal, he's reckless. The first time he met Tiffany, I think he was kind of like playing it cool, and then he made one joke and she laughed. I was like, Why did you laugh? <laughs> that was no, that's it. That's it now. You just opened the gate. Yeah. Why did you laugh? But um He's one of those individuals where you know, like, it's all jokes. It's like, it ain't nothing too serious. But I, I just think society as a whole has gotten really, 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 really sensitive. So, no matter what you say, comedians got to apologize for jokes. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and nowadays jokes. you could put a joke on Facebook and you got 1,300 friends. And then your friends see it, and then they join in on the party, and it's like now a few hundred people clowning you. Where when we were growing up, 
It was like, okay, you joked on somebody. It was just a room. There was like 20 of us, and that was it. Like, you, you cry and you go yeah. home. And that was like, everybody sees it. And then they're sharing it, and then it's like, it can become very dangerous and, you know, scary for, for, for kids who are not really mentally equipped to deal with things like that. that, that let's take the, even on this joint right now, the whatever face. Like, you call me Bomani Jones in the beginning of this. Like, if how would you feel if I got to a point like because obviously people are gonna listen to this? You said it to me on social media and people are laughing like, "Oh shoot, he does look like Bomani." How would like how would I look being like, guys? Seriously, please stop. Please stop with the jokes. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. I, I I got something to get us out of this little heavy topic though. Don't worry about it. I got a nice transition. Yeah. Hey. If you ain't two-stepping, I don't know what's wrong with you. Hey. If you at your desk, shimmy at your desk at work. I love that song so much. Did he lose a lawsuit for that? He lost a ton Uh, of money. I love that song. I, 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 I love it as well. But, uh, we got sports that we're going to come back to. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll be back with sports in just a few. Straight, bro. <laughs> <laughs> breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Oh, man. On some Stephen A. Stephen A. LeBron James texting KD. Yo, we out. Let's go to DC or something. Stupid Stephen A. Smith made up. How is Stephen A. Smith so credible but just be like getting away with making things? Like, where you get that story from? Like, I want to know. Stephen A. claims to know all these people in these different camps and they let him know. Oh, word is, I'm going here, or they've been texting, doing this. Only person I actually trust on that uh, ESPN thing is Keith. Watch. He he's probably the most accurate. And on the flip side, um, Mel. And uh, who's my other football guy? Mel Shafter. Yes. Shafty. Yes. Christmas Bazaar, I don't trust nothing. It can be like the, LeBron can be sitting right next to Christmas Bazaar and be feeding him the stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, I still don't believe you. Uh, also, uh, the fat dude, Brian. Brian. He's only Cavs, though. Yeah, like. he's yeah he's he's only good for like LeBron camp stories because, you know, they like went to school together, something weird. So he's like one of the, the trusted people to LeBron's camp. So yeah, he's good for like Bron, LeBron James, LeBron James news. That about it. I think uh, this kind of opens up a lot of different lanes for a bunch of people. I feel like now you'll get people that are like, oh well, 
now we can make moves. Now we can talk about where we're going to go. Now we can try to see who we're going to land. What's best case scenario for uh, old Bronny boy? You were mentioning. Uh... Yeah, so I, I was saying that I was. It was kind of obvious that he couldn't stay in Cleveland. Like the back for the for basketball reasons, it just didn't make sense. There's nobody there. He can't trust, you know, the owner. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make basketball sense. But then on the flip side, his oldest son is only going to the eighth grade. So to me, that's a weird time to to pull your son out of school and put him in another school when that's his, that'll be his last year, you know, with those group of kids before he goes to high school. So that's why I was like, uh, maybe he stays, maybe he does stay in Cleveland, try to get like a big name to come, like at least one, you know, to come out there. But I don't like, I don't, I can't see where he goes. I think we talked about this before. Like he's just going to look corny. You go to, to the Lakers to do what? Try to do what, what Kobe did. Kobe won five rings there. You're not going to win five rings there. Like, uh, I feel like if he's in LA, I'm okay with him in a Clippers jersey. Yeah, he would have to go to the Clippers if you're going to LA. Like, I I can't I I don't know. Yeah, he would have to be in a Clippers jersey. Um, it does make it interesting to see where everybody else is now going to kind of go. If people are saying him and Kawhi are talking about teaming up, um. Can I just put it out there? I hate this. Let's form a super team crap. Like it's really getting on my nerves. Um, I don't. I don't mind the super team wave getting, that we're on now. It, it's getting on my nerves mainly because take uh, Golden State pre Durant. That team was built through the draft. Mm-hmm. They uh, were built through the draft. They were coached from having one of the worst records in the league to, like, being playoff contenders from drafts. They didn't, like, they won a ring without KD. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, KD joined the Warriors. They won with that same squad without KD. Right. They probably would have won, too, if, you know, Draymond didn't get suspended. You know, there's that argument as well. Don't, oh, don't say that to the LeBron fans. Yeah, I know. They hate that. You'll, you'll discredit the fact that Kyrie won LeBron's ring, Ray Allen won one Don't ring. Don't say and... that. Oh, I'm Don't sorry. say that to the LeBron fans. They I'm don't want to hit me. I'm sorry. But that's just the that's just the, the truth. The super team thing is trash. Uh, I think Melo is trash for choosing money his whole career as opposed to <laughs> trying to win. And Melo's my guy, but yeah, he, you was on that Melo train from from jump. He still is. He still is my guy. I just hate his decision making. You got all the money in the world. When do you try to at least put winning in the conversation? But if that's that's not the case, and I'm not, I'm not. All right, everybody's I, not built like that. D. All right, so that that poses the question. Do you think Melo has become content with, I may not ever get it, so let me just get the money? Yeah. It's kind of obvious. <laughs> that kind of hurts. <laughs> that kind of hurts. 
Yeah, it's like it kind of hurts. But like, are you surprised? <sighs> like when you look at Melo, like does he give you that same fight and grit that you would see in like a LeBron James? That's the Durant and Westbrook conversation because I, I look at them the same way. Durant wasn't the the killer. Westbrook was. Durant wasn't the oh it's crunch time, give me the damn ball. That that was Westbrook. I feel like uh Durant made the choice to go after a ring though. Melo's been making the choice to go after money this entire time. When he could have had a ring, the year where the Heatles were formed, they were talking about um, if he didn't opt um, opt into that contract with the Knicks, mm-hmm. he could have went to Miami. Yep. I remember that. I remember can we, that. Can we, can we, I'm sorry. I'm, this is not a Melo thing. We're talking about Brown in offseason, but if we can go back in time and Detroit takes Melo as opposed to Darko, does he get a ring? No. You with the cuz remember they chose Melo. I mean they chose Darko and then the next year I think it was they they beat the Lakers. Yeah, that was but did you see that team? Like <laughs> But this is what I'm saying. It was like that was like that was like system basketball. That wasn't you know they didn't need a superstar. That was like grinding grit. Um, Chauncey was like a prototypical point guard. He wasn't really like the scoring type of point guard like uh, like Russ and like Dane and Steph. And then you had Rip and Tyshawn. It was like everybody had a role that that really you know it really mattered that everybody fulfilled their role. They didn't need a superstar. And if Mello was on that team, he probably would have just – it would have been ISO ball. Like, it, it wouldn't have been the same Pistons team to me. I kind of disagree because you got Larry Brown coaching him who knows how to deal with uh, young talent. Shout out to my son, AI. But uh, you put him around Chauncey Bullops, Rasheed Wallace, like those veterans like, as a rookie, I think he uh, – He's okay in that role because that starting five would have been kind of crazy. But anyway, you can't go back in time and redo history. Yeah, I just think Melo would have killed that team. Didn't he get Chauncey Billups in, in Denver? He did, but he got older Chauncey who had a ring and I think didn't care. Yeah, but he was still a, like nobody could control Melo. He was like, he was out of control. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even, like, I don't know if he even came into the league with, like, a winner's mentality. You know That's what I mean? Crazy. Like, he could have, he, because seeing him and LeBron come in at the same time, like, talent wise, to me, when they both came in at the same time, he was, he was, he was edging LeBron. And then it was just like LeBron just, like, surpassed him year by year, year by year, year by year. And it was like, and then he started like making these decisions that didn't make sense basketball wise. 
You know what I mean? It's like I was watching one of these sports shows. I don't remember. It was like some people just go into the league. I think Steven Jackson said it. Some guys just come to the league like, oh, this is going to get me paid. But then you have other guys come into the league like, I want my name to be remembered. I think Melo was kind of on that side. Like, okay, I can I can get money from this. And that was that was it. So sad. Yeah, and I like Melo. Like, I really do. Like, when they when him and LeBron came in, I was like, Team Melo. But I still like him to this day, you know. But I, that's just how I see it. Melo, Melo's been my guy, but at some point, I gotta acknowledge that he's he was just lazy. I was figuring coming off the national championship in Syracuse that he was coming in with the mentality. I got to get it. He was Team Jordan. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, Kawhi, LeBron, market's open. We were starting to see teams make moves. DeAndre Jordan opts out. Do you think he tries to get to Houston or Dallas? <laughs> Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> Mark Cuban should be like, yeah, we'll give you this. And then just tell him that. And then when it comes time to sign the paperwork, like, oh, nah, we we good on you, DJ. <laughs> That's weird, though. Like, how do you even go back to, to the table with Dallas? Kind of be like, well, the people that came to my house and locked me in the, um, the crib before I signed with you last time are no longer here, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Let's start fresh. <laughs> I don't, I don't. I don't know how that plays out. If uh, Mark Cuban doesn't seem like the type that forgives and forgets pretty easily. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Also, like, do you need a DeAndre Jordan these days? If he, he wants somebody that's going to be a defensive presence, but the he way can't the play in the is, fourth quarter. The, I was going to say, the way the game is now, it's become more fast. Everybody's trying to do small lineups to match up with Golden State. And it almost appears as if the center positions become almost something you don't need. As long as you got, like, a stretch forward. Yeah. It's, it's, it's looking like the center positions phasing out. Not yeah. saying that it is, but that's, like, teams don't even play these centers because, one, they're defensive liabilities, yep. yeah, they may give you rebounds, but at a timeout, they can swap out for somebody else that can give you points. Exactly. I think uh, I, I can't, I just can't see Kawhi calling LeBron like, yo, let's team up and go somewhere. I heard it, I, someone told me, and I, I, I can't even believe that I'm repeating this. Someone told me Oh, they were talking about going to the Magic, uh, KD and LeBron. And I was like, what? Why? That doesn't even make sense. That makes no sense at all. That makes no sense. It's like, that doesn't even make sense. But, yeah, if KD leaves the team up with LeBron, he'd be a bigger, bigger cornball than he already is now. Maybe he just want to help LeBron. 
I mean, because clearly he doesn't like he doesn't need. He's gotten two two rings, two Finals MVPs. So maybe that last one should have been Steph. That last one should have been Steph. I agree with that. Steph had that one bad game, and and KD KD was like shining throughout that game. So, um, but yeah, that should have been Steph's. But yeah, maybe he just wanted to lend a helping hand to LeBron. Like he getting up there in age. This will be his 16th season. Yeah, maybe he wanted to be like, you know, little charity case. LeBron's little <laughs> <laughs> it's just people keep people keep talking about the league now, and even I was saying that I hate the super team thing, but the basketball you grew up watching in the nineties, it's clear that it's not the same. You don't have the same competitive nature. Everybody's friends, which I hate. I, I hate that if we're, if we're rivals, we're dapping up at half court. No, man, I'm I'm with the don't shake my hand. We can laugh and talk all day after the game, but it's wartime. I don't mind it. It's, it's uh, nice. It's nice to see men being friendly to one another. It's it's trash when you have a cowboy and a redskin signing autographs and being key 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 before the game. That's trash. <laughs> trash. But I do think I think LeBron's gonna surprise us. And do what? Because I don't midnight. know. I don't know. But I kind of feel like everything that makes sense for us and everything that's been talked about in the media as to like possible destinations for LeBron. I feel like none of it will, will, will come to fruition. What's the surprise? What's the shock? He goes here and you're like, I didn't see that coming. That was a question for you. You? Yeah, my bad. Um, my husband just FaceTimed me. Blame him. <sighs> <laughs> Tomorrow's Ethan's birthday, so he's out buying him. He's getting him toys from Target. <laughs> this Toys R Us thing is yeah man I almost yeah. said a thug tear about the Toys R Us yeah so like he's in Target getting toys for Ethan and he wanted to make sure he was getting something decent so that's what happened just now but um, like I was saying yeah I what? think LeBron's gonna surprise us I don't I don't really know. Everybody's been been hammering on the the Lakers thing. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see him going to the Lakers. What's the surprise scenario? It happens, and you're like, I didn't see that coming. He stays in Cleveland for another year. He gets somebody to come out there. I think he gets somebody to come to Cleveland. 
You that's, think he that's, gets somebody to come to Cleveland? That's the shocker. Yeah. If it happens, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. That's it. That's 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 my take. Where do you think he goes? Where do you think he ends up? I honestly have. I feel like he's gonna go to the West Coast. I I don't want that to happen, but I feel like that's what's. I feel like okay. So let me go this way. I feel like he's gonna go to the West Coast. The shock. Um, I didn't see that happening. Would be him in a Boston uniform. Yeah, that that would also be shocking. Yeah, him in a Boston uniform, staying in the East would be something I didn't expect. Uh, Philly, I'd be like, oh, okay. He has to know, though, that if he goes out West, but the Houston thing really doesn't make much sense because they would have to clear basically everybody out just to get him and to to get CP3 to sign back on. So it'll be just like him, J- James Harden, CP3, maybe Clint, if the two of them take less money, like CP3 and LeBron. Like maybe they could keep uh, Clint Capella. And it's like, that's it. Like, <laughs> like you can't sign the rest of them niggas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Eric Gordon and all them, like they all have to go. So it'll just be like the like the four of them and a bunch of like what happens to your bench? Like your bench is gonna kill you every game. Dan Tony don't play but seven people anyway, so he'd be dead. Like he'd <laughs> <laughs> like, be thirty four going into your sixteenth season. Like he played all eighty two games last year, and then he went through the whole playoffs, four games in the finals. All those series win seven games, like the first one, and then he swept the Raptors, and then the other one went seven, and then he got swept. Like that's a lot of, like that's a lot of miles. That's a lot of miles. And then CP3 is his; he's not really durable. He's been shown to be injury prone, season after season. I think CP3, if you can give me at least forty games in a playoff run, I'm happy. I'm not expecting you to play 82 games. Uh, give me 40 good games and a decent playoff run like this year, and I'm happy. Yeah, and I don't even know how LeBron fits into that offense. Like, CP3 brings the ball up, or James, or LeBron. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's that that That's just weird. Sort of kind of the issue that the Thunder had with Mellow, PG, and Westbrook, who yeah. uh, they all ball handlers. All ball handlers. And then it ended up being Mellow. Like, go, go, over here, <laughs> go over here in the corner, and, you know, whenever you get it, you get it. And then when he got it, he would just be, like, jacking them shots, and it just didn't make sense for the team. So I don't, I don't know if Houston – I don't know if Houston makes sense. And then L.A., I don't I don't know if him and Kawhi could even beat the Warriors. You think they could beat the Warriors? I think they give a nice defensive effort and make things difficult. Um but that's 
that's the extent of that is that it just makes it difficult. It doesn't uh stop them. Yeah, because there's only two of them. So okay, you put Kawhi on KD, and you put LeBron on who Steph. Still got Clay. Like a light it up, but you know what I mean. Like it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see him going to the Lakers. Lakers are almost uh, gutting out their team to try to try to clear that cap. Yeah, they're trying to get two two sharks. I'm just not here for Magic saying if I don't land a big name free agent, then I'm gonna resign. Magic, knock it off. <laughs> Knock it off. That's how you know you have money out of your... When you can just say, I don't need this job. If I don't do my job, I'll just walk away. Because I got a billion other things that's bringing me a billion more dollars than this little front office position for the Lakers. That was a rich nigga comment. <laughs> that that was his bad signal to say, "Hey guys, I really, I really need some help here before I uh, walk out. Don't make me look bad." As a Laker, Laker, great. Don't make me look bad by not coming and signing with me. That's how I took that. But rich nigga comment, yeah. If you take it that way too, rich nigga comment. Stun on the magic. Yeah, I, I feel you. Yeah. All right, so what about Paul George? What do you think he – because he opted out. I think Paul tries to wait and see. Everybody's, in my eyes, waiting for LeBron's move. I think Paul waits to see what LeBron does. Um, I was hearing that Paul opted out just so he could opt back in with the Thunder, which would, which would make sense because he would leave $46 million on a table. Yeah. Yeah. If he signed anyplace else. Right which is crazy to me that that's even a thing that you're going to leave 46 on the table, but he may be in that position where he don't care about the money. He's trying to win. And if winning means uh, taking a pay cut, he may do that because he's got endorsements. He can make that money back up. Yeah. I hate that Gatorade commercial. Sorry, speaking of endorsements. <laughs> they paying him. They paying him. And he has a he got a Nike shoe deal. They paying him. So Yeah. He was out but, in Spain with Dwayne Wade. I need Dwayne Wade to spill that tea. Is Dwayne out? I feel like Dwayne's he he's contemplating hanging I, it up. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. It'll be a nice time to go out. Like it's you know, at least an injury didn't take you out. You know what I mean? Like, you want to go out on your own terms. Maybe yeah. he takes, like, a veteran's minimum or something. I don't know. I don't know. But he is a free agent. And, you know, back in Miami, we'll see. I think he should just retire, though. I think he should retire. Dang. I wonder what the Heat are going to do. They didn't even draft anybody. <laughs> like, like, Pat Riley, what is you doing, boy? Here's my question before I let you go, and it kind of ties into this this thing. Have we come to a point where 
being a fan of a team is a thing of the past. And now either a being a fan of the sport or fan of players has kind of taken precedence over. I like this team. I think you still have a lot of team fans out there. I think these younger dudes just like, you know, have favorite players. They don't really have teams. Like my nephews, they like like Kyrie, so it was like, oh yeah, I'm a Boston fan now. <laughs> so it was like they'll follow their player. Um I think like older generations obviously have, you know, they're more that's my team, hardcore Knicks fans. God bless you guys. Um <laughs> hardcore Mets fans. <laughs> God bless you guys as well. Um, but yeah, I think like the younger, like millennials or the generation behind us millennials, I think those are more so uh, player fans than, than team fans. Okay. Next week, we got a lot. I don't know if you know, it was, it was kind of a big day for music, but we'll get into that. Did Petunia <laughs> drop? She did not. I think they say it's, it might be one of those See? Pablo things where they just update the file. Oh, okay. I don't know if they're going to do like a a re-roll out and launch thing. I think the file just may be updated on a different media outlets. Copy. But this, it, it, something she did say that the album was re- coming out again, so. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. We're gonna talk about Drake next week. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll do we'll I guess spend some time on Drake. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk Big about Drake. Music, he almost had to. Yeah, your guy was on there too. Listen. I'm already don't don't have me cue this thing up to play <laughs> right now. That verse was save it, save it, save it. Okay, save it, save it. I'm gonna digest this more. So by the time I come back, I will be well prepared. Because I can almost genius his verse for you right now, but don't. Thank you. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. As a matter of fact, let me, see, let me see something. Let me see. Please don't. Let me, let me see something here. You always pick the wrong songs. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come for my song selection. Send us out with a banger. Don't play that. What was the name of that track? Don't do that. Man. Don't do that. We're going to talk about that line at the end, too, of Jay's verse. I'm telling you, there's a, there's a lot we can... We're going to unpack it. Yeah, there's a lot we can... We're going to unpack it. All right. Well, since you don't want me to be great, we play out that song. All right, folks. I'll send us out with this 9 a.m. in Dallas. Drake and his city time freestyles are probably the hardest freestyles out.
That I can agree. Take a look at this. 